0: This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at cyphercast.net and follow us on Twitter at cyphercast.net.
1: Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave and we'll be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing one spell. With You Were Always Someone Else, we talk about the potential sports or competitions for Visley. Join us on the path of suns, and we may uncover a secret or two. When we cast You Were Always Someone Else, we discuss how to tr- transform mundane elements of our world or common elements in other games into surreal components for an Invisible Sun game. With this casting, we will discuss sports and competitions. Uh, this uh, has been on my list for a little while as a uh, segment that we could do for this uh, particular type of of, uh, of, of discussion. Uh, it's so it actually inspired by the World Cup, which tells you about when I added this to the list and how we are and, and chewing through our list as we go along. What's the world uh, cup? <laughs> has it, has it been uh, that so, so long it has faded from attention? Um, it was just a couple months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the summer. I don't know. Exa- I don't remember exactly when it was, but that's what, yeah. that's when I thought, wait a second. What is the, what would the world cup look like for Saturn? Oh, right. France won. right? Spoilers. I, I did not follow it that closely. I just, uh, I, well, I just I did...
0: spoiled the world cup for you
1: <laughs> last for last summer. Yeah, uh, there's uh, many inspirations from fiction for competitions uh, and sports that are uh, related to magic or magic adjacent sort of, of processes. Maybe most famous, famously, uh, Quidditch from Harry Potter is sort of a magic game, though it's very limited in its application of what magic is useful during that game itself. Um, even for a bit of a deeper cut, Magno Ball which is a competition in the future of the DC universe for the Legion of superheroes, where one of their uh, members has magnetic powers and there's all his, all of his, uh, uh, the people from his world have the same magnetic powers, but some of them then get into, uh, uh, the competitions where they, they, they compete with to hurl metal balls around in some way that vaguely reminds me of handball. And, uh, (laughs) uh from gaming there's inspiration even for entire games uh settings like xcrawl which is a way of uh uh interpreting dungeons and dragons or similar sorts of fantasy games as itself a competition where the characters play uh professional dungeon delvers uh who are competing by running through the dungeons so there's some inspiration to draw from and I'll have some more examples uh, as we go along
0: xcrawl like what, is that an in-world game, or is this like a organized Dungeons and Dragons thing? Um, it is a setting
1: that has been for, I believe it's for 3rd edition D&D. It may have had its own system, and and now I think it's even being developed for Dungeon Crawl Classics, or as a okay. parallel system to Dungeon Crawl cl- Classics. And in X-Crawl, it is, uh, you play characters who resemble the sorts of characters you'd expect from Dungeons & Dragons or Dungeon Crawl Classics, um, and but it's framed as a televised competition maybe like the the Running Man, where mm-hmm. uh, you have teams who are competing to, to go through the dungeon, fight monsters, avoid traps, and the like, but there's a metagame going on at the same time as you're trying to foster your popularity so there's a little bit of pro wrestling, a little bit of Running Man, and a little bit of D&D all mixed together. Uh, but before we get in, into more examples, I thought it is useful uh, to think about what the essence of sports and competition are, because if you want to make something surreal, again, as we've done in the past, we want to identify what the essence is so that either we can exaggerate that essence or we could subvert that essence, uh, which will, will make that element of the game uh, surreal. In, at least that's the aspiration. So it's hard sometimes to think about what is the essence of even just taking sports um, it's not necessarily a physical activity. Uh, uh, I, I, I live in the south or southwest, and so one way you can uh, be sure to annoy people is to say that uh, uh, NASCAR is nothing more than unair-conditioned video sports. Uh, that it has all the physical characteristics of uh, Le- League of Legends except air conditioning, and. This suggests people think of sports as being a physical competition that relies upon, uh, though in, in NASCAR, uh, dexterity and uh, uh, th- that sort of ability. But I'd imagine stamina comes into play there too. Uh, that's the air conditioning part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, League of Legends, you could say, uh, is an esport, sport uh, and uh, it you know you could imagine if you just turned off the air conditioning, having similar conditions and long series of matches might test your stamina. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to come up with an essence, though, even if we typically think of the essence of sports as being a physical competition that re- that relies on stamina, endurance, strength, dexterity, and the like. Uh, but there's, we, we do have these edge cases where it's not everything is like uh, soccer and football and other sports where, where all of those components are uh, present, but instead some of them are rely more on dexterity, like bowling as a sport uh, or in in a phenomenon that still baffles me to some degree, I was at a restaurant last night and ESPN was airing poker apparently as a sport. Uh, that's even harder to to justify than NASCAR and League of, League of Legends for that matter. But it is certainly a competition. So we could we could that's one of the reasons I wanted to kind of abstract away from sports. Um, to a broader category of competitions.
0: And the goal I think of the its competition stressful. is basically to uh, celebrate the victor and humiliate all the losers, right? Through some sort of structured rules which uh, some would hope would provide a,
1: a sense of fairness so that there is some sort of skill or strength that is demonstrated by the victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't, for instance, have televised craps because that's just rolling dice and either getting lucky or not getting lucky. Uh, you might be able to do probabilities in your head, but still there is very little association with the capabilities of the player and the outcome of the game. Uh, this is the debate over poker. Uh, it is, it, it, the advocates for poker will say that it is a game of strategy, that while there is a heavy dose of randomness in it, the, the key to being an excellent poker player is how you use what you get randomly over the long term to uh, build up a, a you know pile of winnings or something like that, but there's some characteristic that the competition is supposed to be tapping into and recognizing, so that people who have uh, are excellent in that characteristic will uh, typically win over other competitors who are, who have less uh, excellence in that particular area.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if poker was just random, then. I could go join a poker tournament and have just as good a shot at winning the whole thing as anybody else there, which definitely isn't the case.
1: Right. You would be very unlikely to ever see repeat winners. Uh, And in fact, you'd be very hard. you, You would expect the winnings to turn over completely tournament to tournament. But the ability of some people to go into tournaments and reliably, if not win the whole competition, reliably do very well in the competition, suggests that there is something about skill and some sort of excellence that is t- recognized by the rules that allows people
0: t- who are skilled to consistently win. But this isn't a poker podcast. So what are we, we going to talk about when it comes to Visley sports and well, competitions? We,
1: well, we have to adapt this to Invisible Sun. So the excellence that we're trying to recognize is magic. Uh, the one thing that before we get completely away from this more abstract discussion into our discussion of specific examples, uh, one aspect of the, of the setting we have not discussed much that would be relevant here is the n- new sphere,
0: new sphere. I, I, am yeah, not sure it. if it's new no, no or no sphere. Yeah. I think it's a real uh, word and we can find the pronunciation, but why would we do that? It it actually is a real world word in the sense
1: that, I mean, I guess any word is real once it's used twice. You know what I mean. But yeah, it it is a reference to some external source, um, which I've only begun to dig into. And that might be an interesting segment for the future, though it has some sort of sketchy associations. Um, So I will want to dig a lot deeper before I say anything on the subject. But for our purposes, it is in the setting as the magical equivalent of the web, basically, Mm -hmm. or the internet. And that may be a, a venue in which these competitions can take place, much in the way as esports can take place, where you have Madden competitions parallel to the NFL. Uh, and so that one way to immediately to make something a little unusual uh, and maybe not uh, all the way dialing up to 10 the surrealism uh, would be to have typical competitions that we that we recognize as sports competitions, but held in the new sphere as a way to make to localize them to Invisible Sun. Uh, but we've got more exotic examples uh, to offer. And what I've done is I've pr- I wanted to provide an example for each of the orders to illustrate different types of competitions that fit with the tone of, of each of the orders. And I'll go through these. I think this is, well, these aren't quite the same orders in the book, but it's just how I thought of examples. The first order uh, to discuss would be the Vance's. Uh, remember that vances are an order that specialize in spell casting, and they emphasize the creation and learning of specific spells, and use of memory and management of memory in uh, in the utilization of these spells. So, trying to find a competition that would reward the excellence in memorizing and using very specific spells, I thought an analogy might be something like an escape room for magic, where teams are given a specific set of spells Uh, if you depending on how much buy-in you have from your players these spells could be purchased and learned as any other spells would be and added to their portfolio or you may create a specific mechanism for this competition where spells are temporarily learned Um, there may be some ways to justify that in the metaphysics of the game Uh, but anyway each team has access to exactly the same spells, and they're presented with the same challenge. And the, the, cha- the, the competition then is to see how can a team use as few resources as possible to overcome a predetermined challenge.
0: So where would you set up uh, this competitive escape room?
1: Uh, it would certainly be in Fartown, because you, if anything explodes, it needs to be set off from Saturnine as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. And having it near the Vance campus makes sense in fact this could be on the vance campus they could have a dedicated facility uh th- think of uh th- since we're coming up on that season these kind of pop up uh, uh haunted houses that come around halloween mm-hmm. where they take either a, a facility that's n- not used for the rest of the year or they say temporarily take on an otherwise unused building and they repurpose repurpose it temporarily by, uh, for, as a haunted house where they go inside and they They decorate it and they uh, they create scenes within the haunted house. Think of the same thing as a kind of pop up puzzle room for Vances, where the academy creates this competition once a year, uh, where uh, you you have teams and they say here are the four spells you're allowed to use inside this building, Uh, and you go from room to room to
0: overcome magic based challenges
1: only using the spells that are provided to you for that competition.
0: How difficult do you think it would be to create a half world that would house this sort of thing seven
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh it is as difficult or as easy as you want it to be narratively uh there's certainly the mechanism within the setting of half worlds uh though i don't think there's much discussion of the creation of half worlds as Mm -hmm. there is just sort of their existence so either uh, you instead of having an abandoned warehouse like a for a haunted house in the mundy world uh, you could take over an abandoned half world uh, and that would allow you to relax a lot of maybe the, the rules of, of physics uh, and make things even more unusual than you would if you had hosted it inside a facility on the Vance campus. So that's a good idea to help open up the possibilities. Cool. If, if you want an example of this from media, uh, for those who took our advice from a while ago to watch the TV show The Magicians uh, or read the books, though I haven't read the books, so I can't speak to how well this corresponds to the books. In the TV show, there is a game they play in one episode called Welters, which is kind of a combination of what we're talking about and chess, where the teams are on a board and each of the squares they might move to represents a particular type of challenge. And they're, they're supposed to use their magic to overcome the challenges that they face as they move along the chessboard. Uh, so you, you could imagine you could even do something along the lines of welters if as something that has more of a grounding in a uh, shadow based game, but still relies upon excellence in spell casting to succeed. And thus has that element of competition uh, that we would want in our uh, games. The second order uh, I thought about was weavers, and this could be relatively simple, so there's no no need to uh, <laughs> going to, to a great amount of detail. Uh, imagine in its simplest form, maybe kind of like I mentioned Magno ball earlier. The goal of this competition is to move a ball down a field, except you can only use your weavings. <laughs> Here, the,
0: so I think an inspiration one or two shots, and then you're going to be wiped out. The, the, the heart of the competition may be,
1: how do you spend as little as possible? That is to get the smallest effect of your weaving. To accomplish whatever the goal may be, and I, I may be oversimplifying it in this 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 minimal orc and pie level case of moving a ball down a field. Mm-hmm. It could be some other sort of activity where you have two teams competing uh, to accomplish a particular goal. But if someone can accomplish that goal by spending one point on sorcery, or they can move the ball ten feet with one one point of sorcery because they figured up figured out a uh, clever effect, that's that's a skill for a weaver. Yep. is deploying their uh, their threads in the most efficient way possible. Uh, it, 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 an example that is clearly not the most efficient way possible for uh, Weavers, uh, my inspiration for this was Pro-Bending from the Legend of Korra uh, uh, cartoon. I don't know if you saw that. It's the
0: yep, it follow-up
1: series. Yep, yep. follow-up mm-hmm. series to uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. It's an excellent show. I recommend it. And in that show, they they don't necessarily have weavers, but they've got elemental. You might think of them as el- elementalists, people who control different elements, and teams of elementalists compete to uh, uh, to knock people off. It's almost like dodgeball, except for elementalists. Uh, you could do the same thing with weaving, um, or but you might even have the effect that here's here's a metal ball that you can spin around the the, the, uh, the field to knock people off their court. But you can't, and you can cast spells on the ball, but you can't cast spells on the other players. Again, you're trying to put constraints on the weavers to force them to use their imagination as to how they will weave to accomplish an effect and to do so as efficiently as possible. So three rounds in it, both teams aren't sitting there having completely spent all of their sorcery and the ball mm-hmm. sitting in the middle of the field. Uh, I bet that would be a problem for the design of this game. Um <laughs> uh, uh, but something along those lines where it's basically competitive weaving would, be, it could, could be relatively simple, but still something that a, uh, a, a Vance would look at and say, like, this, this doesn't make any sense to me. Why is this entertaining to you? Like, oh, it's, look at the efficiency of the weaving. Like, I don't care. Just cast a spell. Uh, it just kind of illustrate the flavor of weavers.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I like the efficiency guy there. Uh,
1: the next uh, uh order i was thinking about was the goetics and this again might be too expensive based upon the number of the amount of resources players tend to have it might this might end up being a team goetic sport but imagine a summoning team sport it's like soccer but with summoned entities and so you might have a team of goetics that specialize in um Summoning from the blue against a team of Goetics that specialize in summoning from the red uh, and they bring their team in and it's not that the Goetics uh, play soccer or whatever the sport you want to choose will be. Uh, It is instead the entities that they summon and the skill with which they're able to recruit these players. Uh, as well as their control over those players during the uh, competition that illustrates their excellence as Goetics uh, and and will help that excellence determine the outcome of the competition.
0: Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Summoning up demons just to have them play football. Cool.
1: (laughs) You could. Well, and we have a game model for this already in the form of Blood Bowl.
0: Mm hmm.
1: It's, it's not summoning necessarily, but you do, we have it, it'd be easy to pull art from Blood Bowl to illustrate this because you have a fantasy competition where demons as well as orcs and elves and other sorts of fantasy creatures uh, basically play football in a uh, Warhammer setting, which is to say bloody and violent. And you could, but you, and you could use that as inspiration. Of course, again, soccer is kind of a minimal case. I want to use minimal cases as examples. You could have more complicated situations or more complicated competitions. But the essence of a goetic competition, I would think, would be summon a an entity or a team and have them compete against the entity or team that is summoned by some other uh, creature. Now that I say that, this sounds like
0: Pokemon. Oh, it really does sound like Pokemon, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yes, uh yeah I, i'm not I'm not prepared to fully uh uh discuss the implications of invisible Sun Pokemon, but that's kind of what's going on uh or would be going on in this particular case if it was just a matter of uh hey, goetic, summon your best summon mm-hmm. uh your you know the person that, that you know the name of, and your opponent will do the same thing and then they fight and will pretend it wasn't very violent, and no one really got hurt. And then after the end of this, when one is, we'll just say knocked out, they will they'll return to their original realm. That is to say, their Pokeball, um, and move along. Uh, but it, it, that's that again. Is it's kind of a minimal case. You could have much more complicated cases. You, you could have competitions that are very specific. As summon, uh, we're, we're going to have a summoning competition, and the competition will be based on the the uh, beauty of paintings that are created by whomever you summon. So
0: subjective.
1: Um, you, it w- oh yeah, it, that would be very subjective. Uh, yeah, imagine uh, what was that show? Um, Project Runway, except with goetics. Uh,
0: like you're... you know, dressing up <laughs> angels and demons, and or, or having the angels and demons create the dresses. Yeah, you, you
1: you could take this in a variety of directions. But with goetics, since excellence is based on what you summon, the trick is a competition where it's not you that compete directly, but instead a competition between who you summon, where that competition would be determined, at least to some degree, by your your skill in summoning and controlling what you summon. Uh, the last order will be the makers. Uh, this one is also relatively easy. I, I refer to this as the Great Saturine Makeoff. Uh, you can imagine a competition about the creation of different items, where each season changes the nature of the item that the competitors are seeking to make. You could also include particular changes in the materials they're required to use. So we have a variety of examples of this on television now, from the Great British Bake Off uh, to Top. I don't know if Top Chef is still on, but something along those lines, where they're told, you know, have a dinner. Oh, by the way, it has to have this type of fish, Um, or it has to feature this type of of spice, uh, or or whatever whatever it might be. Um, And so you, you can change either the goals of what has to be created or the materials that have to be used. Uh, you might have a season to, to give an example of a more surreal case, where uh, in a particular competition, all of the competitors are asked to make a knife that cuts through intentions, uh, and they might, or they might have a, a competition that says uh, you're supposed to create a um, a shield, but it has to be made out of uh, 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 in, you know dreams of impossible tasks or that has to be one of the ingredients you use for your shield. And so you just, you, you use the, the model of a baking show or a cooking show or a knife making show or any of those sorts of shows. But instead it's the, it's, it's surreal because of the elements or the goals that they, they uh, of items they have to make.
0: This reminds me a little bit of uh, odyssey of the mind.
1: Oh, that that's something I haven't thought of in a long, long time.
0: Yeah, because um, I remember I, w- I did the, the balsa wood structure thing, uh, that competition, and that was, here are the materials you get. You need to build a structure out of balsa wood, and then you are going to put weights on it and see how much it can hold. Right.
1: Except you can imagine the same thing, except the materials aren't balsa wood. They mm-hmm. are um, uh, you know, uh, the tiers of, um, a, 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 of an of a entity from the green. Or you know, something you know, something really bizarre. Something that's not uh, very can, structurally sound. <laughs> right. Uh, and you've got to figure out how to build that into uh, your structure or your knife uh, or your shield or whatever whatever it is that you are making. Uh, but it, this model makes, it has a lot of flexibility because all you have to do is change either the object or the ingredients and you have a new competition. That's how it could be a continuing competition. Uh, that goes. That takes us through all of the orders. Uh, of course, there are the apostates, but the apostates hate your silly bougie spectacles and don't care about competitions like this. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled "Beyond" from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from Drive Through RPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our blog at incantationspodcast.blogspot.com or email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at agonseer, that's at A-G-O-N-S-E-E-R, on Twitter.
0: And you can find me at Tex underscore red on Twitter. So please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes uh, or whichever uh, podcast app you are using. Uh, It really helps us out. Uh, We also like seeing ratings and reviews, whether they're good or bad. Uh, Or else just tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to get the word out and help people find us.